Hey Sam, it's Tom. How you doing? It feels like an absolute age since we last spoke. I don't know why that's why that is. I, I guess we've just both been busy over the past month. Um, I'm currently sat in a lovely little park near London Bridge, which is near where I work, and I'm on my lunch break. Um, just managed to spill my salad down my top, which is excellent, especially because I've got like a work strength thing later on, and I've got goat's cheese and lentil salad stains down the front of my top now. But right on point, I'm kind of channeling my inner idiot, as always. Yeah, it's on topic, because today we are introducing our latest podcast, which was uh, a conversation that we had with Rebecca O'Dwyer a few months back on the topic of her essay in our latest publication on sociality and idiocy and her text is titled with stupid um it was a really lovely chat with rebecca um she rebecca is an irish art critic and writer based in berlin uh who's written for uh, magazines and publications such as spike and art review and apollo and uh yeah, it's a really it was a really lovely conversation, but also the the topic of the text itself was it's pretty great. It um as it kind of addresses her role of her labor as uh, as an art critic in um in kind of questioning not so much like art criticism, but uh the role of the art critic and sort of unpacking her anxieties around the disposition of sort of not having an opinion to give when it comes to art reviews, say. Uh, the text kind of speaks about much wider issues, though, so it's, it, it, it speaks more to the idea of this kind of mass consumption of uh, media, whether that's kind of news or research or academic articles and being able to read endlessly on a particular subject and feeling really full of all this information but paradoxically at the same time kind of feeling empty and not having a position or argument uh, to make and so in order to try and alleviate that problem uh, Rebecca writes about the the notion of like a performative break like breaking away from oneself in order to stake a claim for one side or another say and this this kind of idea of like separating from uh oneself um which is like really problematic obviously um but yeah it's a really lovely text that kind of comes together and wraps up around this idea of not being such a kind of hermetic sealed self and extending an arm out and asking for help and that is potentially a, a, a one of the greatest aspects of stupidity in a way is openly acknowledging your stupidity and asking for help from others and support from others so yeah, I think uh, it, it's a really nice chat to reflect back on and kind of caps off the book nicely as the last essay in the publication. Anyway, I think my five minutes is up, so how are you doing, Sam? What are you up to? going um thanks for your message it was really fun to listen to um i'm really enjoying this kind of um call your girlfriend style or vibe of kind of 
yeah, messaging back and forth. It's nice. It's cute. Um, I'm just finished work and I'm just sat in my living room. So I'm not sat outside because um, I've just been outside for the whole of my working day, which in theory is nice because it's like blazing heat outside. It's a gorgeous day. Um, but I'm pretty exhausted by it, to be honest, and glad to be at home sat in a dark room because that's the kind of person I am. Um, I've just had my lunch. I didn't manage to spill anything on me. So, you know, I'm kind of winning in that sense. Not that it's a competition. I've just made it into a competition. Sorry, babe. Um, that's just feels unfortunate. Um, that's where I went. But a little auditory Easter egg for people might be that they might notice in the background a little ticking clock, which uh, is the clock from mine and Tom's first intro episode, making a little cameo appearance. So, yeah. Thanks. Like, that was a lovely summary, Tom. Um, yeah, it was really nice to listen to and kind of remember. I guess a couple of things I would add would be just that something about, I guess, something about, I think maybe you touched on it, I can't remember now, but like the generosity of recognising you don't know, I think that comes up in the conversation and it feels like a really, it feels like it has a lot of political weight right now, um, position of being against I don't know against feels like a strong word but like trying to step around the posture of opinion I guess yeah um also a side note is because I guess we talk about it in the conversation but we don't actually describe it in detail so I figured this might be quite useful for listeners was that Rebecca's piece kind of focuses and and is framed around a a Labena Hamid painting called How Do You Spell Change, which has How Do You Spell Change, that kind of phrase in the painting, and that's something that comes up, I guess. So, you know, little heads up um, for the listeners. And that's actually me now coming up to five minutes too. That's crazy. Um, we're going to have to edit these down, obviously. Um, but yeah, I hope that people um, enjoy this as much as we enjoyed having the conversation and, and working with Rebecca. Yeah. Bye. that I was having around that. We were going to ask as maybe a place to start. <laughs> ah, a place to start, okay, yeah. Start kind of, that yeah. is a good place to start, absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, um, but just kind of your background within sort of uh-huh. like either the art world or academia, criticality, sort of what is mm-hmm. in your kind of experience mm. uh, professionally, I suppose, to, uh, to this point. Yeah, I guess um, I spent the last, what, five years give or take uh, writing a PhD on, on uh, about contemporary criticism and um, capitalist realism essentially so I mean it was loosely around the topic of the crisis of criticism you know I mean which is uh, it has been rehearsed fairly fairly rigorously at this stage I think but I did my uh, doctorate at the National College of Art and Design in Dublin and um you yeah, know it's uh, when you're making it maybe maybe i mean i made a massive mistake in that i 
kind of chose a subject so vast that, you know, I mean, I I was writing about everything, essentially. So don't ever, don't ever write about a PhD on the contemporary. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Uh, When your thesis supervisor says, start small, actually do it. You know, just don't, just start on like the corner of some painting. Just do that. That sounds excellent. But um, I did not do that. So, um, I mean, I was constantly reading new stuff that was just being published, uh, you know, and new views on, on criticism. And, um, and you know, you're supposed to um, uh, kind of form an opinion on this in kind of real time and to, to there isn't any room, I guess, for the dust to settle in a sense. But as a result of this PhD, I mean, I was, you kind of have to argue a position within this kind of role of criticism. I mean, I chose to do this. Don't force me to do this. But, um, and you ended, I ended up anyway, kind of exaggerate, uh, arguing this kind of exaggerated position, which was that, you know, that, that we need more criticism. You know, we need more uh, judgment. We need as a, as a kind of means of, of going against the individualism of, of kind of neoliberal capitalism, which is which is an argument, you know, and I mean it's a it's a very idealistic argument, um, but it was the argument that I ended up making um, because it was because I mean it was very it was, it's it's much harder to kind of argue a position that says um, perhaps what I'm what I've kind of written in this essay, yeah. um, which is to argue for a position of of indeterminacy or or doubt or or not really knowing what criticism is in in a sense you know or what the expectations are um so i ended up doing this and um i was talking with a friend recently and he was um you know because you start a phd and you're you're one person and at the end of it you're you're kind of someone else as well so there is a kind of a a thesis argument doesn't really allow for that change or not so much like you know um but um so it's hard to sit with sometimes I think some people find it very dissatisfied with their final with the final product and they have to say okay that's yeah fine I'll I'll park that there you know and it's done but um but that is that's academic writing I think to a certain extent that you do have to you do like research is of course um you know, especially in the humanities, it's not like research in science where there is seems to abide by a kind of a, a more objective principles, you know. Um, but with the humanities, your research, the terminal, the methodology really kind of determines um, what you look at, you know. So there, there, it, there just it can't claim to that certain objectivity that science claims or whatever. So you end up kind of compromised or kind of compromising an argument or kind of it, it can be kind of pre it's kind of preordained in a certain extent you know what I mean um and that engenders a kind of sense that you're kind of trapped in this sort of uh, I didn't I did enjoy writing my PhD as well at the same time so but, you know just reflecting on it you know that this is the sort of um experience that you have and that's a kind of an anxious position and especially if you write on on your chosen on, on what you do, you know what I mean, which was which can lead to something like a, of a existential crisis. I think you know it's it's yeah, it's yeah. a then you're like, well, um, what what happened was that I ended up arguing a position that didn't really um, align with my experience or my kind of expectations for the stuff that I wanted to write um so so that is my background um and um and again you know within my PhD I started as a very effective means of procrastination and I would recommend it to anyone is to start a publication yes Um, it's really good (laughs) top class you know so I you know I started a publication called response to request in 2016 and um and that was a, a kind of an ephemeral uh, ephemeral kind of art 
art writing um, publication where it was a new piece of writing every two weeks. And then it was a very simple kind of, you, ha you can't see it now, but it was a very simple website and it was just a text and um, text and uh, piece of writing. And there was no kind of brief on the writing. So I think that was kind of the first warning sign that perhaps I wasn't really 100% behind my, my thesis argument um, because I was being kind of, I was actually creating a space for the writing that I was arguing against. You know what I mean? This kind of, <laughs> it's bananas, but like these kind of, open-ended very experimental approaches to, to art criticism and art history as well so um um so as i said there's no there's no i still have the text on my hard drive but there's no record of it online and um but uh so this was a a very i didn't write anything for it but i was just editing it and seeing the kind of really interesting and really much more literary i guess you know literary approaches to art criticism and um but also just very experimental and um, wow. that didn't really have judgment. That didn't really have a, they didn't really, that didn't feature. Um, that didn't really argue a specific position, but kind of worked alongside the image or the artwork. Um, and that has kind of, you know, I've been writing in a, outside the outside outside of art criticism and that is the kind of the more more of the work that i'm interested in doing is this something that isn't straightforward art criticism even though this is something that you need to do to to kind of to make money <laughs> yeah so um and there's it you know when done well i mean i i do i do love certain criticism um, but for myself, I think it's something that it's it's difficult to get behind, you know, to difficult to maybe it just doesn't suit my personality or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too anxious. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of art, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, and particularly when you write about contemporary art, because contemporary art, you kind of nearly need to be an expert on everything and this is something I learned from my PhD is when I was ended up writing about fucking cyborgs you know like or whatever you know it's like you need to have a kind of a a working knowledge of a lot of things you know and um yeah. be able to you know like even just on a kind of like um just a level that you can be like you can turn up to a show mm. be able to engage with it yeah, exactly, exactly, you know, and yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, I think it's, um, or to at least know that, or to give the sense that you can. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> Maybe that's more important, you know, that it, it's about learning or being versed in a, in a certain language or way of being that that you're kind of comfortable maybe not knowing as well or yeah. that you you know that you feel that you have the capacity that that you can say something intelligent about it yeah. but like and also like especially like art history doesn't really isn't that much of a factor as well I think you know it's not like having a strong art history training doesn't necessarily help you any contemporary art small kind of project space or something you know it doesn't necessarily help you mm. so what does help you <laughs> well yeah it yeah. does um like writing this text and reframing the kind of sense of anxiety or uh self-doubt about uh knowing how to articulate yourself by reframing that by using the term stupidity mm. that help in any way because this text Kind of feels like you're channeling the kind of like roots and causes mm. and mm. effects of stupidity and mm. questioning sort of its uses and its merits in some way and it's uh but it's about learning i think for for a lot of individuals it's about learning small amounts of lots of things and not 
that much in depth. Yeah. Um, like I'm not saying this is for everyone, but um, sure. I do remember like I, I once worked for someone um, who made me put a gambon into bullet points, you know, and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not joking, you know, um, and this was like that was hard. That was hard because I had to read the bloody thing. So it's like it, you know. So there, so there is this kind of knowledge, but perhaps it's being outsourced to people who are like lower down the food chain as well, you know, that I think that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so that that they can kind of, the people higher up the food chain can can be the ones to kind of monetize it, mm. this knowledge, but that it's kind of been like, like, like pre kind of chewed or something, you know, pre seed <laughs> uh, It's a weird <laughs> image now, I've got like a bird yeah. in my head with its little baby. But. <laughs> Yeah. Um, little bullet points. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's a weird one because it definitely, like, like, like people do pretend a lot as well. You know, I think, you know, like, like art kind of, I don't think there's a, that much close reading. Like, I'm, I am generalizing massively here, but, but it, it's not, couldn't be possible that, you know, that someone goes, you know, is writing, uh, doing an exhibition about, I don't know, value or like, you know, or the commodity or something. It's just not possible that they would have, um, that they could have like really read everything on, on this topic yeah. so that there is, there is, of course, there's always a bit of like, bluffing and that posturing definitely definitely um but i think it's okay to say um i think what i'm saying in the essay is that um that it's okay that you you don't know yeah it's just like you know it's like i yeah i haven't i don't i don't really know how i feel about this you know or that um that maybe i will in six months time you know but that but there's something kind of that's, that's very counterproductive about that as well, because as I said, you're expected to have opinions right away um, and form them in the gallery. And you're like, mm. yeah. But I think there's something really like, um, I don't know, I find that notion of like, um, you know, being open um, mm. about like your lack of, mm. like lack of knowing really um I, th I mean I think I don't know I was like imagining like what would that be like to read you know I, I so there's, mm. a, there's like different questions there it's like I don't know if that would be great for the people commissioning that essay <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. For yeah. Who, like trying to use it but like actually as a reader I think that would be incredibly my sense is that would be incredibly generous generous yeah that's that's be, the word, yeah. Be like, mm. oh, I this person doesn't, you know, if, especially if it was still really engaged with the work, if it's mm. still, you know, mm. if it's still kind of like, mm. I came away having something of the work, but also knowing that this person writing about it didn't really know how they felt about it. Mm. Mm. It would leave a lot of room around. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's not necessarily. Like, you know, clearly we've spent, like, a long period of time really, like, lauding the idea of, like, leaving room. Mm -hmm. And, like, actually there's a real kind of use to, like, having an opinion stating it, too. Mm -hmm. You know? That's yeah. Not, yeah. That's not um, a good thing. Clearly mm -hmm. it is. In its, mm -hmm. At times. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's something really nice about, like, I find it quite exciting mm. as like a like to imagine reading that as a reader yeah yeah I think so as long as like you've still spent time with it you know and that you've if you've, you've thought about it and to come up at the end of it like even a thousand word review and say yeah I don't, I don't really know you know um I think that's valid you know I think it's just mm. as valid to be somewhere in between it is as it is to say I really hated this and you know or I loved it you know or whatever um because actually, I think a lot of 
Mm. A lot of reviewing as well is is very formulaic as well. You know, it it is um, it's really boring to read. You know, to 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 have this sort of kind of formula, and you can kind of nearly anticipate what's going to come next. And like yeah. I do, I do it myself as well. And you're just like, oh, you know, yeah. I suppose like in kind of review and yeah, reviewing like critique writing where there is a hard position. Mm-hmm. As if you're if you're reading it from a position that you're not as informed as say the writer or the critic is in that uh, in that text, then you're you're almost looking for um, insight into whatever the subject is in order to feed your mm-hmm. uh, your own position on something. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you adopt the writer's position. I suppose you're yeah, in a you're in a definitely. place you're in a place to critique it when you are as informed or have a kind of alternative view and understanding of the same subject. So then you are kind of disagreeing. You're kind of like, or you're you're kind of saying that you know their their points in the review are kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, like a misreading or kind of it doesn't take into account this subject or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Whereas I so I think. You know, you're you're either there to uh, you know sort of enhance your your kind of your own uh, kind of knowledge, I suppose, and hold you know like using another person's opinion as your own opinion, or you're kind of uh, sort of disagreeing with it by leaving the door open, by leaving kind of uh, space in the text. Uh, it it maybe de- it makes a further demand on the reader in some way because mm. it's kind of uh, you're you're uh, acknowledging. The, the fact that okay I, I don't know how this quite sits with me yeah like if you maintain that kind of genuine engagement with something and you're working through why it is that you don't quite have a, a, a reasonable kind of formulation at the end of it as to sort of how you quite felt then it's kind of making a, a kind of request upon the reader as well to okay come with me through this and yeah just see what you can maybe understand as to why I'm sort of in this position at the end of it. Yeah, generosity I think is 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 a yeah. key kind of idea. But um, but also it's like I don't know. Sometimes when I'm reading, I can be like this goes back to my kind of uh, my stupidity ideas. But but like I feel like I'm very swayed by by certain arguments, you know, or like maybe overly swayed. Like like I'm very like I can read something and it would like maybe slam something I'm like mm, okay all right that sounds awful you know and then yeah. I'll read something that sounds great and I'm like oh that sounds great what is that other guy talking about you know yeah and I think it's 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 because that that you know I read a lot about things that I don't experience I guess as well so it's like the writing really performs the central role in it so it's like whereas if something was then I'm just left confused as well. Like, I'm just like, what well, was it good or was it bad? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, whereas if it was less of a kind of a determinacy in, in, in the text or in texts about it, you know, that I'd possibly be able to say, well, well, that sounds, I'm intrigued. I would like to know how I'd feel about that, you know. talk a little bit about the kind of uh, springboard that Lubaina Himid's work kind of acts as for the text. It kind of, you start by describing mm. 
one word that you see yeah at, at a biennale and yeah yeah berlin yeah yeah i guess it's um i guess you feel the kind of feeling when you go to a massive show and it's uh it's just quite overwhelming and i guess it's it's about this um i i, I think biennales are efficient but i'm not sure they're they're not particularly good ways of seeing art like or to think about art. I mean, they're great for meeting up with people and for partying and for, you know, uh, seeing lots of art at the same time. But that doesn't nest. And and also to be able to say, oh, I saw that. Yeah, I was. Yes, I was there. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. You know, <laughs> which is fine. But um, but I was just exhausted. I think it was like it was really hot that week. I think it was like thirty-five degrees or something. Sorry? Which Biennale was this? Oh, Berlin. Yeah, just here. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I was just totally exhausted. And I saw this painting. And um, I don't know why. Like, I thought, you know, I, it's a bit cheesy. And, you know, and I don't know. I couldn't necessarily explain why I liked it or why it affected me so much. So, you know, a lot of artwork, you'd be like, it's a kind of a it confirms your intelligence uh -huh. you know or it makes you feel good about yourself when you recognize something you're like ah okay okay like you know that refers to robert smithson or something and um this didn't do that it was just a small painting and couldn't necessarily really explain i guess why i liked it and why it stayed in my mind but i ended up taking some notes and I was still thinking about it and I was just still thinking about the question and I was still thinking about how um the question being how how do you how spell do you change spell yeah was the name of the painting yeah and it was about yeah I don't I don't know why I mean I think it just kind of brought up that um these ideas of doubt and not necessarily being able to justify your 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 view on art or your position on certain artworks um but that it still has a kind of a, an aesthetic experience that you can't you can't really understand. So um, now trying to go and to to write about that and understand why exactly I, it affected me or why it stayed with me is was is I think an impossible thing. Actually, I don't really you know it's I don't know how you'd set about doing that. You could okay it was it was a nice painting. It was, um, you know, it was lovely, but but there was something else in it that couldn't necessarily be justified, and on, I don't think I'd be able to justify it. Maybe someone else would, but 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 they wouldn't because they wouldn't be able to justify my particular reaction to it. So, so yeah, I guess it was within this this massive kind of supermarket of art no, was, no that's that's very that's not generous um it was it, it was a nice exhibition but um within this kind of you know there's so much art and um uh that this little painting was um just kind of got under my skin i don't know why um so that was how it started and also that i kind of wanted to like it's kind of cheesy as well and that perhaps a more critically minded person wouldn't really go for it you know and it's like you know so I was kind of second guessing my own capacities as a as a kind of a discerning critic or whatever like maybe this is a bit I don't mean this in like a, as harsh as it maybe sounds but like yeah the, yeah. Maybe there was something about this, the painting that was like, that was itself sort of stupid. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, exactly. It was um, like do, to, not using stupid as a derisory thing. Like, no, it yeah. was it was very consciously being a bit cheesy, I think, and being playing with this kind of language of like, a uh, slightly esoteric self-help sort of crap and but also just kind of meaningless as well like or or just well I know how to spell change but um but but that it was 
pointing to something. Well, it's just meaningless, isn't it? It can't be proven. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't. So, yeah, I think, I think she was definitely playing with these, uh, having a little fun with um, what is expected of, of um, kind of more intellectual art, I guess, or, you know, uh, um, but when you like that, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't like this, or maybe I should, you know, like I imagine people who like Jeff Koons have a similar kind of situation. You're like, <laughs> you know, like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> but, um, maybe they don't actually. They just have loads of money, so. <laughs> They're fine. They're not yeah, they're grand. Let's not worry about those. <laughs> just this expectation to have very strong opinions or to even just to have um, opinions, full stop. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, of course, everyone naturally has opinions on things, but to have opinions that you can kind of stand behind and that you can, you can write, you know, and that are going to be exchanged and kind of, Kind of follow you as well that is a kind of a terrifying prospect i think yeah well then just because maybe i guess there's like a question about like um you know like you say like of course everyone has opinions mm. like um in the same way as like everyone has biases everyone has immediate ways of like processing the things they're looking at something mm -hmm. that's not necessarily to say that they're like um always good and valid you know yeah absolutely absolutely um and they don't necessarily need to be like uh like written or or, re or published or things yeah. like this as yeah. well yeah for sure no um but if you're in the business of having opinions, well then, well, it's a bit, it's a bit problematic, you know. Um, yeah. um, Maybe like being in the business of giving opinions, are like some in some way, your text is kind of dealing with this issue around sort of uh, the the performativity of giving yourself over to have a strong opinion say on one uh, matter or another and kind of reeling it in closer to yeah, a kind of undefined position in some way um, yeah. which I think is yeah. be, you talk about like selective muting as well within children at mm. one point in the text which is interesting mm. kind of self-preservation by kind of not saying anything you know mm. or mm. appear stupid mm. yeah because it is a kind of a performative thing as well isn't it like to be to say something stupid is essentially to be stupid you know um yeah. or at least to be perceived as stupid yeah. but also i think it's very much a counter like to say that i'm just not going to say anything or i'm not going to kind of express any opinions is it runs counter to this idea that you know because if you are the person who goes out and say slates some artist well that becomes you you know that is you know that you become that person you know, uh, in a quite lit in quite a literal way or right. say you, if you're and it's a way of constructing an identity i guess or a persona um so not doing that um right yeah exactly like how yeah. is that or that identity yeah of. and that's so important I guess is to be kind of this kind of you know to have this kind of nearly a kind of a branded idea of self or whatever you know that is that you do have to build this identity and mm. for writers I guess it is it helps if you can have opinions you know that that you can that that can work as kind of building blocks to this um to this identity but, but also yeah. it, makes, it makes me think of like how um like you know you talk a lot around like in the in the piece around sort of like yeah this idea of like um you know like building stable stable selfhood mm. through this kind of like immunological mm. like 
yeah. distancing like you're not um that thing over there is not me mm, exactly like, yeah there's a boundary between us and through that boundary I'm defining myself and like yeah. but that kind mm. of like it, it really made me think of you know that kind of like psychology or childhood psychology 101 kind of thing where it's like oh you know the first step is like learning that the mother isn't you like is a different thing from yourself yeah different person like um it's like that's it's you know clearly that's a really important (laughs) (laughs) it's also like you know um a really early moment yeah you know yeah 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 i guess it makes me think like I'd hope at some point you could then also learn to like undo some of that like um distinction yeah you know I think so too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think the um the world would be a lot better if it wasn't if that well if you could kind of roll back a bit on that or something you know that you could that you could actually uh don't kind of like idealize this sort of independent nature of the self as, as, as much perhaps I mean obviously it's a physical reality but that mm-hmm. that there is some kind of that's it it's a very troublesome kind of concept I think yeah. um I was reading that book um by um Daisy Hildyard did you read that recently um mm-hmm. Fitzcarraldo but it's called The Second Body okay so, it's actually a really, really interesting book, but it's oh. um, it's about say you have one physical body and and then um, you know your other body is literally you know out there causing floods in Bangladesh or whatever that it's like looking at your body in a kind of more ecological sense and in terms of um, particularly in terms of like climate change and things. Mm-hmm. But it's a fantastic book um, yeah. that is. Yeah, very much about this kind of that that you can't be necessarily it uh, constrained in oneself or in one set of effects at least. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's a really really good book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's strange really... too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, but, uh, I point like. Yeah. Um, I was really interested in this idea that you have like towards the end around like um using art to do away with the self mm-hmm. that's a possibility yeah um yeah it's a, it's a that's a trickier one <laughs> it's a trickier one i guess um but i think good art i guess does that for me in a sense because it's um because there's a moment of recognition or there's some or not recognition but that there's at least some kind of allows me to kind of get out of myself in a, in a way you know so that um get out of my own experiences or my own psychology or my own worldview essentially you know so that there is this kind of it it, it kind of oversteps the line i think yeah. good art does do that um it's possibly harder to kind of articulate why that happens or why certain artworks kind of transgress that that boundary of self but but i think they do and i think that that's um that's when people say that if something is good that's what they're talking about essentially that it does kind of uh, kind of decenter them maybe ah. for a second you know um absolutely possibly that's it yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know or possibly it's like a slight rollback on that you know that stage what you were talking about with the baby when they're (laughs) like infantile or whatever there is uh i don't know i don't know what it is but um yeah just trying to articulate that and trying to kind of align that with a practice that's that participates within contemporary artists is is difficult and that you know I think so. This is kind of quite clarifying for me, though, because it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people ask themselves why they 
why they're so interested in art. And I know I do. Like sometimes it's just like, what? Why am I doing this? You know, what is what is this? You know, um, and there's obviously certain aspects that that are horrible, but yeah, yet you continue to be preoccupied with this mm. essentially useless thing that for which you're poor, essentially, you know, <laughs> you know and, um, um, but there must be something in it that, or maybe the art, good art itself promises a, a sense of community that isn't necessarily given via the art world always, you know, so. love this idea of like that you that you end on around like mm. um like being sort of like acknowledging an openness to needing help or something yeah mm. Mm. yeah I think so or to needing to to not being not being self-sufficient or yeah. not being yeah 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 to to yeah to to be able to depend on other people I guess but also to other to depend on artworks as well in the way that you write about them not necessarily to kind of utilize them but to kind of to um not to kind of use them to kind of stage yourself yes yeah. yeah that to uh, to maybe depend on them in a way that kind of problematizes yourself Yourself. Or that yeah, yeah, yourself or like a stable sense of self. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think it's like how you do that in writing is obviously something that needs to be that I need to think about more. But I think that doubt is certainly something that is is useful, useful and generous. Um, you know, people change their mind as well. That's that's something that's important as well, you know, to, and to acknowledge that and not to say, oh, no, I never said that. You're just like, oh, I did say that, but that was then. So this is now. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, that people are fallible and um, that aren't, you know, that don't, that aren't just kind of this kind of uh, totally self-sufficient, I guess, is the way of putting it or, at all. And that I think that that is something to be resisted in a way as well. Um, because I think it's, um, I think it's pernicious for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but, um, oh, also what I was thinking about was, yeah, this idea of like experts and, mm. you know, I think there is a, there is a, there's a worrying trend there, obviously this kind of ambivalence towards expert opinion and that's not what I'm arguing for at all in this in the essay that you know that you can still be on an expert on something without without I mean without claiming to be an expert I guess do you know what I mean yeah it's it's a difference of kind of posturing or it's a difference of of approach because I do think that obviously knowledge and learning and things like this and experts are pretty much good people you know mostly yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. The difference, like you say, to, to like there's a difference there between like being devoted to a subject mm -hmm. and then posturing, um, mm -hmm. like a mm -hmm. kind of like um, sort of uh, authority. Yeah, authority. I think that's yeah, exactly. I mean, 
uh, obviously some people have authority, but for myself in a kind of a, on, for myself anyway, that's it's less of a, an important thing to, to claim that authority or it seems somehow uh, wrong or something to, to claim that authority. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't think you're an authority on, I don't think, well, I'm certainly not an authority on anything. <laughs> so, um, but to accept that, I don't think necessarily it should always be like a failure. It should just be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I guess it means you're always learning. Yeah, I think there's a real power to like, mm in that mm. the so amateur strength well, i guess the amateur is is like a amateur means to love isn't it you know it comes from to love so oh, does it? oh sure yeah of course mm. so um but yeah i think that's 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 a good way of looking at it yes mm.